In the name of Jesus, amen. And the three men I admire most, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, they caught the last train for the coast the day the music died. Some of you wanted to sing along, especially to the sound. So I know the, we don't have the pads in the pews. I don't know if you noticed, but it sounds a lot more lively in here without them. So you could have sung extra loud to that. Some of you know the song. Some of you might even know the specific day when the music died from the Don McLean song, uh, American Pie. Might even have a theory about what all the stuff in that, that song is, is talking about. Um, I really only know it from the, uh, the Amazon Prime playlist of classic rock I always listen to that comes up all the time. And even though the song is really, really long, that's about the only line in it that I remember, other than the chorus, uh, well enough to, to sing along when it, when it comes on. The three men I admire most, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. The last train for the coast the day the music died. Well, today... Uh, the reason I, I think about t- uh, today is probably fairly obvious, that today is Father, Son, and Holy Ghost Sunday. It's uh, Trinity, Trinity Sunday. Uh, as far as I know, the only Sunday in the church calendar not specifically connected to a, uh, something in the, the life of Jesus. You might not have known that. We start with Advent. That leads up to the birth of Jesus. And then we have the Christmas season. And then the Epiphany. That's Jesus teaching and miracles. And then Lent, which is leading up to Jesus uh, uh, suffering and death. And the Easter season we just got done with. Uh, and then Pentecost, Jesus sending the Holy Spirit. And stuff after Pentecost. But Trinity, Trinity gets stuck in there. Is the one which is, is kind of off kilter. It's kind of weird, actually. Uh, which maybe. Maybe it's fitting because the Trinity itself is, is kind of weird. I mean, I'm pretty sure, not pretty sure, I am sure, that no one fully comprehends uh, exactly what we mean when we say that the Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God, and yet there are not three gods but one God. In fact, it is so weird and abstract, I wonder... And I know others have wondered, maybe you have wondered, if we'd even miss it. If we'd even miss this Trinity idea, if like the song says, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost did get up and take the last train for the coast. Would it even matter? Uh, Maybe especially right now, given all the stuff which is going on out there that everyone can't seem to stop talking about, not to mention all the just as sad and scary stuff going on in here, might make us wonder whether or not we really need this Trinity idea. Does it really matter? Yes. (laughs) It matters. I I mean, you might make an argument that this, this word Trinity is not in the the Bible itself, and so you might be able to do with or without the actual word, but the mystery, the beautiful mystery, the gospel truth that that word Trinity tries to hold on to, the biblical truth that the ancients before us wanted to lay bare with that word, well, that is something worth holding on to because finally, Finally, it is something holding on to you. Now, again, I don't get the Trinity. 
in a sermon trying to explain the Trinity to you would not only be inadequate, but it would be, uh, it would be boring. <laughs> I don't get the Trinity in, in the way that someone might uh, get calculus or uh, the NFL salary cap structure. Two very complex things, but, but things... <laughs> Things that if you applied yourself and had a good teacher, you might be able to figure out. We don't get the Trinity that way. And we speak of the Trinity, we're not thinking of it as an explanation of God like that that we, that we somehow get. No, that the Father, that God is Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That God is triune, three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as we usually say these days. That's those ancients hearing the way that God revealed himself to them and those before them in the scriptures. How they've been taught to sing of him and to pray of him and to worship him. And then concluding many things, but concluding maybe first of all, that their God is not some lonely monarch satisfied with how great he is. But instead, that God from all eternity before creation There's more to it than this, but God before eternity, before creation, from forever backwards to forever forwards, the one God is a community. Is this community of love. The Father loving the Son, the Son loving the Father, somehow all wrapped together in the Spirit who himself is love which I know just might, to stop there, make it even more confusing or at least not fix things. But the idea is that this God is always a relational God before there's even anything else to relate to. If I want to be in relationship, I need you. (laughs) At least need a tree (laughs) or something other than me out there. To have a, a community with. We've all longed for community lately because we haven't had the same people around us, not God. The mystery of the Trinity is that even when God is alone, he is not alone. He's a community. Now, some of those ancients I mentioned have wonderful kind of metaphors to think of this. And some of them called it a grand friendship. Friendship, one of the greatest gifts of, of God. Part of our daily bread, Luther says in the, in the catechism. They said that God is a grand friendship. Again, if I need a friendship or want to be part of a friendship, I need you. You need me. We need other people. But not God. Even when God is alone, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are friends. BF, literally Fs, BFS forever. God, this grand friendship. Or another metaphor some of the ancients used. And none of them are adequate because they can make the personal God sound like an abstraction. One that I like, they said God is like a dance. You know, a dance is one thing. You can look and say, that is a dance going on. If you know, as our saying, it says it takes two to tango. Well, if you're God, it takes three. <laughs> Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, this everlasting dance. Maybe I like that one because, again, I'm not, I'm not a very good dancer. But to think of God as this ongoing, joyful movement of love and community and friendship and dance together is a beautiful thing. And here's the thing, too, about this God who is community. And why beyond those metaphors, it's a very good news. Why it's something that matters, that's something we can't just let go to the beach. That this God who is forever friendship, who before and after everything is the great dance, the triune God absolutely loves community. 
friends, and dancing so much that he is always, always, always looking for more of it. A few minutes ago, I read that uh, abbreviated version. Maybe I shouldn't have abbreviated it, the, the, the creation story in, in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, that majestic story of the, the creation of, of all that is. And, it, and it's beautiful. And, and, you, and you probably know how a lot of conversation about um, those verses these days centers around what it means for how God created everything. Is it literal? Is it, is it figural? Is it, is it a little bit of both somehow? And those are very, very important questions when it comes to creation. But for my money, the most important question is not how God created, but why? <laughs> not how the stuff that is got to be, which are important, and, not, and they can, you can go very wrong in answering those questions. But more important than that is the question of why there is anything at all. Why would this God create? Uh, again, when we've been in, in quarantine the last weeks, it kind of stinks to be alone. You don't have stuff to do and you're bored. God does not suffer from those ailments. <laughs> it's not as if God needed to create the whole cosmos because he needed something to do, <laughs> uh, to, to look after, or, or, or people to tell him how, how great he is or something like that. No, God creates, creates. Because he is this community of love who wants more to love. (laughs) Which is very cool to think about if you think about it. And perhaps the coolest thing of thinking about it is you can think about it when you're thinking about absolutely anything. (laughs) Whatever stuff you you happen to be looking at, little stuff, big stuff, even ugly stuff, you can say the reason that it is there The reason that there is stuff there at all is because my God loves to create. And he creates because he wants more to love than he finally wants me, you, to love. And that means every bit of creation, big, little, ugly. They stand as these great sermons proclaiming a God who wants more to love. I was at the beach last week for a few days. The ocean the majestic rolling waves teeming with life as we heard in that, that creation story. From little to big. Oh, how did it all get there? Very good, important questions. But why? Oh my. That one has a beautiful answer. Because a God who is a community somehow loves to create because he wants more to love. Algae and sharks and me, the one looking at them. And you might be thinking, well, that's the ocean. That's an easy one with all the beautiful big bits and the little bits swimming around and that. But what about the ugly bits? What about viruses? What about cancer cells? Do those things proclaim a God of love looking for more to love? I know it sounds kind of weird, but in one sense, yes. (laughs) Not in the damage they do. Not in the pain they, they cause. They've gone awry, and that's the result of a, a broken creation. And that's a couple chapters on in a different sermon. But the very fact that they are at all proclaims this God who's created stuff because he wants stuff to love, actually even amazingly proclaims a God who will someday and somehow redeem and fix even viruses and cancer cells. Jesus' words in our Gospel reading. 
last words to his disciples in Matthew, the Great Commission. We probably know that one, have it memorized. Those words preach the very same thing. They preach of God, of love, who's looking for more to love. He says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching. Teaching, what is it, baptizing and teaching? I said we had it memorized, I guess not. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Why that name? Why not just make disciples in the good old name of God or in the name of Jesus? Why Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Easy. Because when you're commissioning your friends, like you and me, to extend the community to make more friends and bring in more dance partners, you use the community, friendship, dancing name of God. You use the name of God that says, God is love, wants more to love, will do anything, even take on flesh, die, and rise, and won't quit until everything and everyone knows his wondrous love and puts on their dancing shoes and joins him in the cosmic dance. You see how beautiful this trinity is. No wonder Don McLean admired them so so much. The Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. This God who is looking for more to love. Friendship, craving more friends. The God of the great dance, always with room for another on the dance floor. Oh, and what about today? What about the stuff going on out there and in here? You might say, oh, that's fine. That's a fanciful uh, uh, way to think about the, the Holy Trinity. But does that, really, does that really matter right now? Good Lord, how does it ever? How do we ever need the Holy Trinity. I've been using words like community and relational and relationship. Well, how do those words ring right now in the first week of June in 2020? Community relationships between people who are different but not nearly as different as they think they are, strained to the breaking point, they're just plain broken. A virus and what to do about it has us fearing one another, distrusting one another, viewing friends as enemies. Race and the sinful history and sinful presence of racism in our country fractures communities, makes us close down and cocoon ourselves with the like-minded instead of having uncomfortable conversations and seeking relationships with people very different from ourselves. We view each other as walking accusations. How dare you question my motives? I could never possibly be in community, never possibly be friends. God forbid, dance with you. But then you're just about to say, heck no, I want no part with you jokers. (laughs) Why don't you just take a train for the coast? You're just about to say that, then whammo. You show up to church on Holy Trinity Sunday, and we kick things off with the sign of the cross in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In the name of the name that says that those jokers exist for the same reason jokers like you and me exist. Because God, who is love everlasting, longs to love jokers together. Just as you're resigned to cut all ties once and for all with that guy and those people, double whammo. That triune name again. 
I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And it turns out that the God who is forever friendship, friends, that's, and thoses, by the very same forgiveness with which he friends you and me over and over again. Or maybe all this, or maybe something else altogether, has just left you feeling left out, ostracized, not fitting in anywhere. And then to top it off, to make things worse, your pastor preaches another lousy sermon where he fails to proclaim clearly enough the gathering grace of God that won't stop until it's gathered you in. But then your lousy preacher redeems himself and finishes up the way he always does with that gathering name, which as much as John 3.16 is the gospel in a nutshell, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And even if, even if all that doesn't do it for you, with everything else going on out there and in here, if you still find it hard to believe you'll ever get a break, let alone feel like dancing, you get this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face. The Lord look on you with favor. Three lords, which is the sneaky version of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Which more than that is your weekly reminder that even if not now, one day you will dance with the God who is the everlasting dance. And with apologies to Don McLean, you'll dance to the music that will never die. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.